Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel, where yesterday we return to discuss the events from the Dutch Grand Prix. Of course, as always, we do a show and then huge news uh, falls over the F1 world. But of course, we are also joined, as always, by Mr183. How, how are we doing, mate? I'm good. I'm in another new location for the podcast. An another one? Yeah, I moved house on Saturday. So here we are. Number Probably going on for double figures now. Um, hopefully it's the last one for a bit. I don't see myself going away anytime soon or moving house anytime soon. So yeah, we move quite Jamie literally. is definitely going to be recording another video. Like every podcast now Everyone, is going to be in a different yeah. building. I'm just going to choose a different room in this building every okay. week. You're just going to break into other people's houses, <laughs> are you? I'm recording the podcast. And yeah, yeah. Get away. Please leave for an hour. <laughs> an hour? That's good well, going by our yeah. standards. Um, but yeah, of course, as always, though, you know, if you're new around here, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, you check out the links down below. Of course, we've got Spotify, we've got Imperium Experiences, we've got everything going on uh, on the channel at the moment. So, you know, all your support is massively, massively appreciated. F1 merch as well, you know, if you want to wear. I don't think they actually do Pirelli hats, but they've got a lot of the other team stuff on there, uh, which is very, very cool. But let's get into it then, Jamie. Big, big news from the Dutch Grand Prix weekend. Alpine have had to pay the contract recognitions board a lot of money, and Oscar Piastri is a McLaren driver for 2023. How are we feeling about that? It'd be very exciting for McLaren. Hopefully they can give a car to their drivers that is actually like like relative to how good the drivers are because Nor Norris and Piastri should be an incredible lineup and yeah quite a lot came out over the weekend about the the situation with Alpine and Piastri they were basically just planned like the the three-year or five-year plan or whatever it was for getting him into a seat was just ridiculous like oh yeah mad. it's no wonder that the he was like I'm out <laughs> like the facts it was something like they were making him sit in Williams for at least two years yeah. With then a view of getting him to Alpine 2025, which is I just mean, insane. He's won the F2 Championship in 2021. They're yep. going to really wait four years to stick him in their own car when he's one of their hottest prospects in the generation, really, since Alonso. And this is the thing, isn't it? Because don't, like, Ocon is a good driver still. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not Alonso levels, don't get me wrong, but he's a good driver. But Alpine, this has surely got to be a lesson in you plan for the future. Like, really being sensible here. Alonso should have been pushed to the side at this point, in my eyes. He's still a very good yeah. driver, don't get me wrong. But at 42, you shouldn't be trying to plan your future around a driver like that when you've got someone that's just won three championships back-to-back -back in junior yeah. formula. Or I think even just being a bit more decisive about what you want to do, because they were they were so like slow to make that decision of whether they're going to commit to Alonso or they're going to bin him off. That like by the time they came to that decision, or they think they thought they had, Alonso had pieced out, and Alpine had lost their star young driver as well. I mean, let's also think for a moment that we could have potentially, in a parallel parallel universe, had Alonso and Piastri at Alpine next year. Yeah, if yeah. Ocon got the boot, which well, would they, be they a committed, mental lineup. They committed very very early to the Ocon three or four year deal, wasn't it last year? Mm. So. Yeah, potentially that was a bit short-sighted. But then he, he is the driver they want to build their future around, like established yes. on the grid, French, which is important for that team. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see how that trickles down the rest of the silly season. But there's some drivers who are going to be struggling to find a seat, you feel like, yes. for the, uh, the next range of silly season. We'll get into that a bit later, I think. Well, I think it's probably the best time to talk about it now, isn't it? Yeah, Before maybe. Before we get yeah. into the Grand Prix weekend. Um, 
it's we feel like especially over the course of the weekend more and more things are sorting themselves out and settling down aren't they Mm-hmm. It's looking now again. You know, we 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 like to bring open discussion to these things, but also when there's clickbait that probably shouldn't be had. If you're seeing other people making videos, this you don't need to click on them anymore. This is what's happening for 2023. <laughs> Gasly is getting the Alpine seat. That's looking fairly likely now. Yeah. Ricardo, in literally a clip that we saw about five minutes before we went. On, on air as such, I suppose you can call it. Started it looks like Ricardo is taking next year out and hoping to get back in for 2024. That's probably going to go Hulkenberg style and we'll never see him again. Apart from a Maybe couple of a odd races. reserve driver or something. Possibly. Possibly. But I think the... Uh, again, the only sort of things then we've really got still left a question is... Will Colton Herter be allowed to go to AlphaTauri? That is a big, big talking point. And after a very strong weekend for Mick Schumacher... Are Haas sort of looking at him going, you know what, it might be worth another year? Or could, you know, could we see Drogovic still slotting somewhere? It's looking like he could be the Alpha Tauri reserve. But could I could see Drogovic going to Haas. Yeah, the Haas seat is a really weird one because they've kind of just got free reign to do whatever they want. With, obviously, they're kind of affiliated with Ferrari. That is traditionally the Ferrari junior seat, um, which is why Mick Schumacher is no longer needed because he's leaving the FDA. So... That's kind of why they don't have to keep Schumacher if they don't want to. But there's no... I mean, other than Robert Schwartzman, who I don't think will make a full-time F1 debut. Yeah. It's over, I think, it's, Schwartzman. Yeah, He's it's, going it's kind of... LPH. It's kind of a bit weird in that seat. Like, House have always been a bit maverick with who they pick to drive for them. Um, with, what, Gutierrez, Grosjean, Magnussen, Mazepin. <laughs> it's not... It's a very strange list of drivers if you look at the history. Um, but yeah, the likes of Drogovic will be sniffing around for seats wherever he can. Uh, who else is up there in F2? Like Porcher, maybe. Porcher think, will go out for a mail, Yeah, eventually he? he will, but I don't think next year. Um, no, no. Yeah, but I'd I mean, quite like to see Liam Lawson get a shot at AlphaTauri. Yes. If he well, can this get is the top thing, three or top five, then, yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Because I think this has sort of been the big talking point this week, hasn't it? You know, we're looking at whether Colton Herter will get the gig. That is only based upon whether the FIA will give him sort of a free pass, if you will, into Formula 1. But it does raise a very important question, of course, because understandably, you know, the FIA want to try and promote their own series. You know, they've focused so much on trying to build up this ladder of F4, F3, F2, F1. Pretty, pretty simple going. But it cannot be argued against now. IndyCar, especially this year, is a much, much more competitive series than Formula 2. It's got to be worth a lot more points in the grand scheme of things for your super license. It's got to be. I'm not that brushed up on how many points there are for super license in IndyCar, but I know it's that F2... Much. Let me have a look quickly. F2 is like, well, F2 if you get top three, then you get it, all of it. it. Yeah. yeah. If you do a couple of years in F2 and get top 10 in both years, that's enough super license points generally. Yeah. The fact... I don't know how well Herzl is doing in IndyCar either this year, but he's won races. Yeah. He's Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um... I think, obviously, an American driver would be quite cool to see him at Haas just for that connection. But, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. But I, it's, it's, a, it's a bit weird that that Red Bull don't want to pick from their own drivers for their second AlphaTauri seat. Um, but they haven't yeah. really got anyone there, have they, at the moment? Yeah, not so really. Deruvula like... is nowhere good enough. Like, Iwasa, Iwasa sorry, is no 
no one Awasa ready. needs another year. I think he's got potential. Yeah, Hajar needs more years. F2 series, definitely. Um, for him, like, Haugen needs another year. Unfortunately, yeah. we, we were a bit we wrong really about one at the start of the year. We screwed him. Oh, Dennis <laughs> yeah. Hauger, we completely screwed him. The only one I think his m- closest to being ready is Liam Lawson, who did that FP1 in Spa. Yes. But he needs... If he gets top three in F2, I think they would give him a shot. Yeah. But that's a bit of a long that's shot. That's only I think if he's, they can't get hurt, though. He's a bit... I think he's about 20 points-ish off the top three at the minute. Um, Paul Chair and uh, Logan Sargent, who are the top th- second and third drivers at the minute, and not on good form. So no. there's a chance. There's a chance for Liam Lawson. So Colton Herter, then, currently sat eighth in IndyCar. They've got one race left of the year. He's not going to go higher than eighth uh, in the championship. That is worth... Uh, three points towards his wow. Super that's license. like F4 levels, F3 levels, isn't it? So, if you won a Formula 4 chat, so eighth in IndyCar is the equivalent to finishing fifth in a Formula 4 championship. America's wow. and Formula 4 is full of like 16 year olds, and, and it's worth the same as fifth in IndyCar. Uh, sorry, in fifth Formula in Formula 4. 4, yeah. To be fair. You get 40 points if you finish first in IndyCar, which is the same as F2. That is how many you need for its 40 super license points looking for. But if you finish third in IndyCar, you get half the points you get for finishing third in F2. Fourth is even worse. You get one third of the points. You get 10 yeah, points in IndyCar, 30 like in F2. Yeah. It's going to be changed. I would be interested to see Herta in an F1 car because you don't see many make that, make that transformation from IndyCar to F1. Really, no, you see it a lot no. the other way around, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I yeah. And Alex Rossi done. Yeah, I think he had. He'd done a little bit of IndyCar, I think, hadn't he? And then really, I mean, you're looking back, sort of Michael Andretti. Andretti, and of course, that was a yeah. disaster back in the nineties. But yeah, I mean, it's difficult for Colton Herter because, of course, IndyCar, like I said, he's absolutely stacked at the moment. Um, but there's just not enough point. I think honestly, from if it was me looking at it, I'd say they need to follow the exact same point structure as F2. I completely understand, of course, they want their junior series to be promoted, but I really do think we're at a stage at the moment where the US, obviously, because Formula 1 is trying to target a US market so much, the best way to do that, I think, is really get into bed with them in terms of IndyCar Incorporation. You know, I, yeah. I, this is obviously completely never, ever going to happen, or at least sensibly. But you imagine if we had... Uh, the in so during the Indy five well, no I don't think it's the Indy five hundred week but I'm pretty certain NASCAR and IndyCar they both did their GP race on the same weekend this year. You imagine if you chuck a Formula One Grand Prix into there as well, you yeah. have got a fantastic weekend of racing in Indy. That'd be insane. Yeah, it's it makes too much sense for F one to try and do it, and oh, I think course. they're kind of happy with three American races. So return to Indianapolis is yeah, but you could bid off unlikely. one of them. You could bin off Las yeah. Vegas. Because I think the thing is now, I would, you know, Indy, back when it first came into Formula One, was popular. It was. I, it was I just 2005 think, screwed them. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair. I think the, most, the Indy 500 is still one of the most attended to sports events of the year. Yeah, definitely. Every year without fail. Formula One could, I reckon now, be very much in a position where, especially if it's on IndyCar weekend, you could pack out the Easily. entire stadium. And that's like quarter All the parts people, of it you it? use. Yeah, it'd be crazy. But shall we move on from yeah, American let's sports? Let's move on. We might have gone down a rabbit hole. Onto the Grand Prix that happened uh, a couple of days ago. 
Yeah, Speaking of banked cool. corners, you could have said that, but oh, I missed out, you on, missed that. out yeah. on that one. Luckily, Jamie. no Shocking. tire dramas this weekend. No. Um, but yeah, return to Zandvoort. Um, lots of problems throughout the weekend with flares and with pigeons. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's a not at the same time. Place. Luckily, no. Well, they were probably simultaneously on the track, um, but luckily not like <laughs> no pigeons dropping flares or flares hitting pigeons or anything like that. <laughs> no, no. But I mean really free practice was quite spicy wasn't it i didn't get to see much of it unfortunately um, it was looking incredibly close between mercedes ferrari and max verstappen's red bull broke down so we kind of were left in the dark about how quick red bull's car would be mm, yeah it definitely looked like spa was a bit of an anomaly in terms of red bull and verstappen's pace and it suited their car a lot yeah it did and this race was going to be more like what we saw for the rest of the season, where Verstappen's potentially got a little bit of an edge, um, but the pace generally was quite similar between the top three teams. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm just still looking through the FIA super licenses, to be honest. Uh, did you oh, know well. if you come third in the FIA Karting Continental Championship, you get no points? No, I didn't know that, but then yeah, they must be about 12 doing that championship. Exactly, but still, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing to know. If you do that 40 times over, somehow in three years, You'll still have no points. Ignore me. Yeah, Sorry, I've zero times forty hole. is zero. So I've really, I really have just f- derailed the podcast. Close the tab. Then. Move on. Let's. Yeah, I, actually, that's a very good idea. I'm completely closing <laughs> out of that. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, but that sort of sets up quite nicely for qualifying. We had Mercedes looking rapid in FP1, Ferrari turning up the wick in FP2, Red Bull obviously Verstappen right there when we got into FP3. So it really did look like obviously after the disappointment of Spa. You know, this weekend Zanvolt could be very, very spicy. Then, of course, we jump into qualifying on Saturday. Um, no, I don't think looking up and down the roster, I think the only sort of fairly big surprise going out was both Alpines in Q2. We spoke very highly mm. about them recently. And both Alonso and Ocon out in Q2. Of course, Sebastian Vettel made a bit of a mistake in Q1, uh, locked the rear slightly. People uh, blame Stroll for that as well. Yeah, that made me chuckle. <laughs> they blamed Stroll for trying to open up the track as best as possible, and it just so happened Seb was behind him. Yeah, he put some dirt on the track and Seb lost his car on it. Um, yeah, another surprise. I mean, Ricardo going out, it doesn't usually happen in Q1. Uh, he's normally lower in the Q2, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. But that's a bit of a shame. And Bottas, once again, getting out qualified by Joe. But yeah. it doesn't matter at this stage of the season because the car's trash, so neither score points. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, Joe's been very good since, like, Baku. Generally, it's been quite he equal He has really upped them. his qualifying so, pace, hasn't he? Yeah. It's been very, very good to see. But Q2 was a pretty undramatic affair, though. Albon, Joe Guanyu, Alonso, Ocon, and Gasly all out. And then a weird meant... bottom three in Q3. I don't know how Sonoda, Mick Schumacher, and Stroll ended up there. It's really weird, isn't it? Fair play. Because we're kind of used to, like, you, you know, we sort of spoke pre-show saying there's pretty much a top nine locked in at the moment. Yeah. Obviously, the big six, both Alpines and Lando Norris. And then you kind of just got other cars scrapping around. But Lance Stroll has actually been on a very good little run of form recently. He has. We it's respect Lance going under the radar. Lance Stroll's been doing pretty well of recent times. Schumacher seems to be getting on board a lot more. Like we said, you know, he might be giving Hass a bit of a headache now if he can continue to I actually saw a stat. Unfortunately, we've got a backtrack on our Mick Schumacher agenda as well because Magnussen's only beaten Schumacher in a race they've both finished, I think, like three or four times this season. But that's also because Schumacher barely could finish the first half. Of it races. is true, but a lot of times they've both finished and Schumacher has been like 14th and Magnussen 16th and doesn't get the credit for it, obviously, because there's no points for it. But Schumacher's been 
pretty okay compared to Magnuson. But then, like I said before, Magnuson is a, a better barometer than Mazepin was, but he's still not a top-level driver. He's not different gravy, is he? No. As much as people thought he was early on this year. Yeah. Um, but, and then, obviously, Sonoda as well. He seems, to, again, you know, we, we've kind of spoke about Sonoda occasionally this year and then not spoke about him sometimes. He's having a really good little season. He's, he's doing all right. Yuki. Yeah, he, he, he lost it a bit in the race. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's definitely been able to match Gasly a bit more. I still think Gasly's been the stronger of the two, but having been an Not F1 by one, much, though. You expect that as well. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, Gasly Stroll, should be the stronger uh, Including this race, last six races, he's been in the top 11 all but once. Yeah. Is that Which qualifying, yeah? No, no, race. Oh, races, sorry. Yeah, of course, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, he's had a really good little run of form of recent times. But, unfortunately for Lance Stroll, uh, the car then decided it wouldn't work. After yeah, he P3, was on. So. I reckon he's on P seven. Genuinely, the car looks really good in qualifying. Uh, yeah, um, no, looking at it because obviously mm. La- uh, Sonoda and Shumi didn't get their laps in particularly, and Stroll no. had been rapid. Like we said, I think he was like P six at the end of FP three or something mad. He well, Q one, really, really he well. was fourth, and Vettel was out. So mm. yeah, yeah. yeah been... I don't. I, I don't know what's happened on this podcast that we're praising Stroll so much for qualifying. It really case. has gone down. But yeah, there we go. It? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Stroll, let's be fair though as well, has never been a qualifier. No, not at all. He's been useless, like, I mean, utterly useless most qualifying Well, he got beaten by Hulkenberg in Bahrain this year. Uh, yeah. When Hulk had never driven a car before that weekend. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, we say all this and Lance Stroll has got a pole, uh, got a pole position. Sorry. He has, um, but, but that's a very much a one-off, you feel like. Oh, completely, completely. Because <laughs> uh, it's only ever happened once. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, at the top, though, as we got through qualifying, it became very clear that despite their issues earlier on in the weekend, y- you just can't beat Max Verstappen at home, can you, really? I mean, He had that extra something this weekend, like we often see He had a from little Max. bit in his back pocket, didn't he? But Leclerc, the, though, was Everyone close. else. Yeah, Leclerc and also both Mercedes would have been right there, if not for Perez's spin. Yeah. Uh, rigged. Yeah. Formula One's rigged. <laughs> of course, Perez did yeah. that on purpose. You saw Our all the Red Bull fan. <laughs> I don't. Honestly, I, I don't. We'll talk about the other rigged moment of the Grand Prix as well. But I don't get how people can genuinely believe Sergio Perez could do that on, on purpose. And it also raises the other question that I saw a lot over the weekend: Should, if you cause a yellow flag, your lap be voided? Well, it doesn't matter. Like that's not the lap. The is your lap so yeah but this is what people are saying you know if you make a mistake that then means you benefit from it should you then not benefit from it no no you're you're exactly (laughs) right it's It's ridiculous (laughs) because that's part of racing at the end of the day yeah and otherwise you then just get drivers tiptoe around not willing to we want to to, qualifying the exciting thing about qualifying is the fact that they are on a knife edge most of the time yeah and seeing those moments obviously of course you never want to see anyone get hurt of course but seeing the drivers make the mistakes because they are pushing to the limit is part of what qualifying is all about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially at tracks like Zandvoort where a mistake is definitely punished. Old school. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know, in football when one team's attacking and the other team has a man down with a head injury, you have to stop the game. You can't just be like, oh, we'll give him a goal because this guy is in trouble. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's just I, part I don't of the think game. you've got your analogy quite right there. Not quite. You know what I mean. I know what you're trying to get to, yeah. Um, but it did mean, of course, Max Verstappen there was on pole position by just 21 thousandths of a second over Charlotte. The closest gap between the top two uh, so far this year. Lewis Hamilton, though, and like we said, George Russell, would have been very, very close to that fastest yeah. time. Mercedes were quick through Sector 3, 
I think Hamilton could have slotted himself in ahead of Carlos Sainz on the grid. Yeah, I, I think don't so think as well. he would. I don't think he would have got past the top two. You know, that whole thing of Toto Wolff saying he was two tenths up was a lie. Um, surprise, it, surprise! It just wasn't true, <laughs> which did make me chuckle. Um, but I think he could have. Missed, it was the first time this year, wasn't it? We properly had all three teams with a good shot at a victory. Yeah, 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 definitely. And yeah, the gap was. I mean, Leclerc had a yellow middle sector, so it wasn't even his personal best at all for his final lap. If he didn't nail the middle sector, he could have easily got a pole. In which case, my it prediction would have been not as tidy. Yeah, you would yeah. have got a couple of bonus points there, wouldn't you? In our predictions. Yeah. Um, but Leclerc screwed me over. So he yeah, did. Yeah. He did. He screwed you over all weekend. There we go. Then Sunday race day, we got Max Verstappen. We got both Ferraris. We got Lewis. We got Checo. We got George. Top six. Things are going to get spicy, Jamie. Talk me through the start. Yeah, it was a very short run to turn one. Obviously, it's Anvil. Um Verstappen. Got a decent start. It wasn't brilliant. And Leclerc definitely closed in a couple meters. But before he had a chance to get alongside Verstappen, slammed the door shut, took the inside line for turn one. And that was kind of that between those two. The bit of, yeah, talking points were Hamilton. It was a really weird contact with, with Carlos Sainz. It was like, yeah, Hamilton was nowhere near going challenging into the corner. But then halfway through, he just carried his momentum really well. well down Sainz the inside of Sainz. deep, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hamilton saw the gap but it was always going to close. And they were quite lucky to get over there, I think, with no damage for either car. Um, but yeah, line of stern, uh, Ferrari 2-3, and then Hamilton P4. The only change in the top seven was, I think the top 10 actually, was uh, George Russell losing the place to Lando Norris. He, Russell was kind of blocked in by Perez through the turn 2-3 complex. So unfortunate for Russell, but it didn't end up mattering because about as soon as the DRS was active... Russell went flying past as we kind of expected. Unfortunate for the McLaren that yeah they've they've not got last year's pace in terms that they couldn't couldn't even try and hold off any of the big three teams at the minute. Yeah, and I think just quickly there as well to add, uh, I'm pretty certain Stroll made up two places. He went from tenth straight up to eighth, and Ocon oh, really? I think gained three. He went from twelfth yes. to ninth early on. So there was there was quite a little bit of movement, you know, around the midfield as well. Of course, that's what I think is so brilliant about turn three on lap one. Because you really can make either line work, especially on the first lap, mm. if you're just aggressive with it. Yeah, and yeah. that's what you like around. And a you're kind of like risking this. a bit, but that's the nature of the quarter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it always annoys me the fact on the F1 games the high line isn't quicker. Like it's that so brilliant annoying. when you see the shots of the cars going around there, just yeah, fully yeah. around the like bank. A carousel. Because it is so different to anything we've really got. Any it, there is no other quarter like it in Formula One at the moment. Um, no. And you, you know you are right. It is like a carousel at the Nurburgring type deal um but yeah i mean early on though weird weird crash from kevin magnuson on lap two and amazed that wasn't his race over yeah it was quite a hefty clout on the left where it wasn't it but it was kind of just him like i don't know magnuson tends to do things just to not be the guy who backs out often but he was by so, himself no he was running outside of someone he was trying to complete a no, move running outside um, no, he wasn't. He was by himself. No, he wasn't. He was by I'm himself. He locked the rears. He was just defending from someone in turn one. No, I, he was trying I, to. I keep, promise you. He was trying to. Oh, he, through turn three though, he was trying to keep up with Sonoda. I thought, not yeah. Sonoda, Gasly. But either way, he just yeah, went off. Took way too much speed into the corner, and then yeah, hit the wall on the left hand side. A bit of track. I don't think anyone's explored for a while. Um, yeah, got away with it. Dropped to last, and then that was kind of 
any chance of progressing gone because where the midfield cars are all so close, especially lower midfield cars, overtaking was quite difficult. Yeah. Once yeah. you were in that DRS train, especially. And I think the big question early on as well, of course, was the fact that Ferrari and Red Bull have both opted for soft, medium, probably medium. Mercedes were starting on the mediums, and everyone mm. kind of spoke all weekend, hadn't they? Uh, that, you know, the hard tyres weren't working. Obviously, Alonso then jumps, it's jumping ahead a little bit, but Alonso obviously jumps onto those hard tyres, and they really started working for him. And that kind of allowed Mercedes to stay close. Helped, of course, by the fact Ferrari did another Ferrari. Like, yeah. wow. And this time it all seemed to fall on Carlos Sainz. Uh, I don't think Leclerc was screwed that badly by Ferrari this weekend, which is a positive given how recent races have been going for him. Um, but yeah, Sainz had so much go wrong for him this race, which not much of it was his fault. Um, firstly, yeah, the, the what 12 second pit stop. Yep. Uh, he pit the same lap as Perez and they weren't really with the tyres, simple as that. And yeah, any any hope of undercutting, was it? No, he wasn't trying to undercut anyone, was he? Because he was third. He was trying but to any... keep up with Leclerc and Verstappen. Yeah, yeah. He was actually yeah. just slowing Hamilton down early on. Yeah, but he lost the place to Perez. He briefly lost the place to Norris as well. Um, and yeah, it was it was just appalling from Ferrari. Like they must have called it a box. And the only thing I can think of is if if they were only boxing because Perez came in, uh, or they saw Red Bull getting rid of Perez. Sorry, they might have been a last minute call. But even then, just get the tires out. <laughs> yeah, you don't. And the thing as well, obviously this year as well, because of the tire warm up. You don't desperately, especially around a track like Zanvar, I would have thought, you don't desperately have to worry about being undercut by one lap. Mm. It's not a big issue round here. But Ferrari somehow seem to make everything that shouldn't be a big issue into a monumental one, somehow. Yeah. But, I mean, early on, though, it was weird, wasn't it? Because we kind of, I think I was still a bit worried heading back to Zanvar this weekend. You know, last year's race was pretty dull. Uh, for the most part. But I think yeah. we were kind of all expecting that. But I tell you what, went a little bit under the radar, I think, but the extension to the DRS zone this weekend made all the difference, and it, it was perfectly judged. Yeah, it was very, very good um, in terms of getting cars alongside into the braking zone, which is exactly what you want. Um, yeah, quite a few decent moves in the midfield. You had Alonso coming through quite well. Um, what else is going on down there? I'd, we didn't see much, or I only watched the channel four, so a lot of it was cut out. Unfortunately, yeah, you, you um, don't really get to see a lot of it. Unfortunately, the race directing is still not great. Well, when there's yeah, at that point, what three cars in contention for victory kind of can cut them some slack. Yeah, but at they're least not we were all right next to each other no, all I the know. time. They were yeah. spread out by a couple of seconds. Yeah, it was decent, and the DRS. It's just amazing to me still that they can run with DRS open through that final corner. Well, this is the dry ground effect, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you yeah. sort of think... Because, again, I find it always quite funny as well, you know, the fact that we're looking more and more at, you know, more tracks are getting two DRS zones. Zanvolt's obviously... Well, it's got two DRS zones as well, but they're looking to extend them. I wonder how long it'll be before, you know, tracks like Bahrain, for example, you'd easily foot four in there. Five, even, I should say. Yeah. Do we... Because I, I, still a lot of people don't like DRS. And I can understand it's not for everyone, the fact you want to see drivers having to properly go for moves. But... No DRS, Zavolt would have been a snooze fest again. I am all for it. So still. would most races, to be fair. Most races would still be done. I mean, we even saw Spain was probably the best example of that this year, wasn't it? The fact that Verstappen was behind Russell, who was a much slower car, 
And when his DRS was playing up, he still couldn't get past George. Yeah. Well, Avidami 19, just go back to that. I mean, I know it was different cars back then. Yeah. But the fact Hulkenberg in a Renault was on old t- old tyres held off Bottas, and I think it was of one of the Of course you remember well. some random Hulk race. This is his last race for Renault. Of course I remember it. But he was just chilling in fourth because they turned, well, they didn't turn on DRS for like 20 laps. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, I do remember that now. Like it was a weird test of what F1 would be like without DRS, and it was it was good for Hulkenberg because he was just stayed in fourth ahead just of Bottas and a couple of Red Bulls. But yeah, it was pretty shocking for the spectacle because yeah, a car that's two seconds a lap slower should not be holding off no. those cars for that long. No, no, exactly. But I think yeah, DRS. You know, Spa it might have been a little bit overpowered, um, but you know sometimes you're going to get those issues still. But this weekend I think it worked out quite nicely. Uh, didn't it yeah it was just about the right length tracks like spa or like interlagos potentially what they did initially in 2011 don't have the drs on those straights because you know the camel straight at spa the the front straight at brazil both of those even before drs were the thing were very good opportunities to overtake so you don't really need drs there the problem is where do you put them at spa otherwise or do you have to have them I would still say yes. Even just down towards turn one to get cars close enough to be... Yeah, that never really made much difference, though, did it? Yeah, I, I think don't know. it's still I'd a weird interested. balancing act. It's still a weird balancing yeah. act, I think, at the end of the day. Um, let's fast forward on, though, Jamie. Of course, we already mentioned how Sergio Perez tried to rig, rig qualifying uh, for Max Verstappen. <laughs> let's go into the most blatant cheating we've seen in Formula 1 for this since section. Singapore 2008 Christian Horner got on the phone he went French toast get one of your cars off the circuit I need a cheap pit stop it's just insanity isn't it the the fact people have chosen to hate like send hate comments to people at Red Bull is just it's just completely unnecessary it's ridiculous get a grip it's, of yourselves yes and they're not even related to the two teams really no like obviously in management they are but on a race weekend, they will not have contact between each other. No, no. And yeah. let's let's actually talk through then what happened for Yuki yeah, Sonoda. Okay. So, lap 44, he pits. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, by the way, Jamie. Okay. But this was my understanding of it. Um, so, lap 44, he pits. Comes back out of the pit lane, thinks he's got an issue with one of the wheels. So, he pulls over, says, I, got one of, I don't think one of the wheels is on, everything like that. Starts to unloosen his belts, obviously, to get out of the car because he thinks his race is over. The team go, no, it's fine. Come back round to the pit lane. So obviously he drives back round to the pit lane. Of course, they have to then strap him back in properly because let's be fair, Yuki's a little guy. <laughs> he gets involved in contact. He's off back across the Dutch pond and off into the sea. Bless him, poor kid. So obviously then he comes back out and then gets a completely unrelated issue with the diff. Bad luck? Yes, completely. Race rigged? No. Yeah, uh, correct. Absolutely. And also, he was, running, wheel. he was running on the fridge of the points. There's, there's no way. There's just not a chance. Alpha points Tari are so hard what, to come by for Alpha Tari this year. behind Alfa Romeo, aren't they? Is it? The I moment. thought it was more than that. Is it? They're behind I mean, Aston No, it Martin, might be Haas, sorry, even. Who am I thinking of? Am I, am uh, I getting, they're not behind are, Aston Martin, are they still? I think they're eighth right now, behind Haas. Five yeah. points behind Haas, yeah. Yeah, they desperately need every point they can get at this stage of the championship. They are not going, especially when Aston Martin closing in as well. Mm. Alpha Tari in ninth place at the end of the year would be incredibly disappointing for them. Um, yeah. They're not, they're not going to throw away points like that. 
Like, it's just never going to happen. Mm. And, of course, the yeah. FIA listening to all the communication between all the teams. So unless Christian Horner suddenly goes on the radio going, right, Adrian, I'm going to the toilet <laughs> quickly, runs across yeah. the circuit, gets on his own phone, and Franz Toss also just so happens to want to have a chit-chat at the urinals. Like, no, it's not... Oh, oh, F1 fans, man, honestly. Yeah, F1 fans. some of not, them. Not everything not is a conspiracy. Yeah. The yeah, knowing it's, it's wheel true. viewers know what happened. Knowing wheel yeah. viewers are yeah. smart people. Yeah, but the upshot was, yeah, it's no doubt out of the race. VSC comes That's out. That's not an upshot, poor Yuki. Is that? I don't know what upshot actually means. I just said it. That's like the good side. Oh, well, yeah, unlucky for Yuki. Um, <laughs> yeah, the result is that it's no doubt out of the race. And yeah, poor, poor, like brings out a VSC. Verstappen uh, had pits. Obviously, he's got a pit stop to do because he's on two stop. Mercedes on one stop. Uh, and actually both Mercedes pit as well um, from their hard tyres to the medium tyres so Verstappen would have been maybe 5 to 10 seconds five, behind six seconds ahead of one of the Mercedes uh, Russell in second place and to be fair would have cruised up to the back of them and DRS passed both of them yeah. I think on a, a fresh set of mediums compared to old hards so as, particularly in Channel 4 they were very scathing on the commentary of Sonoda ruining this race and it was all awful, and it's so bad, and that AlphaTauri needs some stewards' penalties and stuff. It's like, come on. It, yes, it it worsened Hamilton's chances of a race win in his worst statistical season ever. But, 15 races now it's been since Hamilton yeah. won a Grand Prix. It's the longest ever in his career. Yeah, it's a bit crazy, really, isn't it? Um, it was not race-fixing. It was not deliberate. They don't want to retire on track. You know the teams have to pay, what, is it like 30 grand? for use of the cranes to bring the car back to the garage. There's no way they would send him out on track just to bring him back again. It was a different issue. Yeah. But yes, it ended up Verstappen leading on uh, from Hamilton and Russell, all on medium tyres, hoping to go to the end of the race uh, on lap 45, they all pit actually. So, yeah. It didn't, it wasn't it wasn't fixing, just get a grip. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, that's the knowing wheel rant over for this week. Until, of course... Former Mercedes driver Valtteri Bottas clearly wasn't happy with that and tried to bring yeah. it back for Mercedes or just his Ferrari power unit went Ferrari power unit on him. Yeah. And Alfa Romeo seems to have one car breakdown every weekend still. Yeah. Go on, yeah. Jamie. Give us a rant about Alfa Romeo. Yeah, I know I you mean, want to. They are so lucky this season because at the start of the season when everyone was being unserious, like no one could get any form together at the start of the year. Bottas was just chilling putting in those seventh places six places for fun for about eight races in a row and no one really noticed no one really cared at that point they were just like oh Alfa Romeo are doing good that's cool Guan Yu Zhou I mean it's not about Joe being unlucky it's about Alfa Romeo being yeah incompetent <laughs> I mean let's let's not beat around the bush here Alfa Romeo are a good start to the year because their car wasn't fat is what they, yeah they were the only team at the weight limit so they did very well in development for the car at the start of the year. They haven't done very well in development of the car throughout the year because now I would say they're probably the eighth fastest team. Uh, it's so close to call still, isn't it's it? It's really close, but yeah. I would think they're ahead of Alvatari and they're ahead of Williams generally. Yeah. And everyone else seems to have a bit more pace in them. Maybe Haas are pretty similar as well. Haas are pretty much even, I'd argue. But and Aston the way their strategies are so... I mean, no one will notice because no one else supports Bottas or Joe. But their strategies are so incompetent. They're so stubborn, it's a joke. Like, they just, they come up with a plan and do not change it. 
regardless what is happening in the race. They put them on hards in Hungary. They put them on soft tyres for a second stint in Spa. You, oh. you know what it is, don't you? I reckon what, what is it? they've got... Do you remember back when Kimi was at Ferrari? And no matter mm. what would happen in a Grand Prix, he'd just be told to stay out forever. That's yeah. what Alfa Romeo are doing now. Yeah. So I think it was second stint. So they, the, they started Joe on softs. They then pit him. Everyone else in the race goes for mediums because they're sensible. And that allows them to open up the options. Maybe they go for a hard, maybe they go for a soft at the end of the race, depending on what happens. They put Joe on softs again for stint two. They're trying to do soft, soft, medium. With a rookie who is not like on top of the Pirelli tyres yet in Formula 1. Oh, and they just refuse. Like, obviously, watching, you could see the hard tyres were the race tyre to be on. Uh, generally, this race. Certainly not the soft tyres. It was either hard or medium. And they've still scared of what happened in Hungary. So, like, no, we're avoiding the hard tyres. We're just going to run soft or medium. <laughs> and they are so lucky that the top nine of every race is locked because they've got a huge lead in sixth place, relatively. They're only... Uh, so, it's 17 points, the gap back to Haas in seventh, which... Given there's only seven races to go, and the most any of Alpha, Haas, Alpha Tauri, Aston, or Williams ever score is 10th place at the minute, unless you get a wild race, they are, yeah, they should not be finishing sixth in this championship the way they've been since, yeah, since Britain. They got a double retirement. They've not scored points since Canada. So, yeah, that's my rant over. That's Jamie's rant for the week over and done with, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but it did mean that, obviously, when Bottas... Uh, the car just gave up on him. We then did get a proper safety car, and this was really the golden opportunity, wasn't it, for Mercedes to now just get even with Red Bull in terms of race performance. And yeah. they fluffed yeah. it. So at first, obviously, safety car coming out, they're all following a Delta, um, but going around the track as normal. Verstappen pits uh, from the lead. He comes out just behind George Russell in third place. Um, at that point, you're thinking, okay, Mercedes have taken a bit of a gamble here, not pitting, but they had nothing to lose because they were running second and third anyway. Then a couple of laps later, because Bottas has stopped on the pit straight and there's no crane anywhere near and they've got to get marshals on the track to wheel him across, they decide to put the safety car through the pit lane, which is something we've seen before. Uh, China's 17 springs to mind. Um, probably in Baku, it's happened a few times as well. Mugello. With Verstappen. Uh, Mugello too. Um, yeah. Uh, and obviously, when you're going through the pit lane... The pit stop time is ridiculously cheap because well, you lose two seconds. You it's lose two you lose to the three seconds. Stationary. Because everyone else is going, yeah, this is what thirty-seven 50, miles an hour. Fifty k, yeah. So at that point, if you haven't pitted, it's a no-brainer to pit. I think the problem is it doesn't happen too often. So teams, you obviously know with VSC and safety car, you're like, okay, if we have the window, we stop because that's a regular thing that happens. I don't think teams are quite on top of. If we go through the pit lane, just stop. Because you lose two seconds, you might as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, George Russell, too fair to him, was absolutely switched on. Because he knows that that's the case. He's on these medium tyres, which are losing temperature. And they've got to go through, effectively, two or, two, two or three drive-through penalties, which they're going to be losing tyre temperature in all the time under the safety car. Yeah, Russell's like, yeah, we should pit. Why not? We lose two and a half seconds and I'm on fresh softs. No track position loss at all. Um, yeah, Lewis Hamilton didn't wasn't thinking on his feet that much. I don't blame Lewis for that because obviously it's the team's. I say it's usually it shouldn't be down yeah, to the driver. Should it shouldn't it? be down to the driver. Yeah, um, I mean, but yeah, it, what kind of frustrated me about it as well, of course, was the fact you know, fair play, George, he made that call, and obviously I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute. But it was absolutely the right call to make. 
what frustrated me about it was the fact that Lewis could have pit because yeah. at that very same moment, this was the same lap that George was trying to hurry Latifi up. Latifi was already about three seconds behind Lewis at this point. George was obviously, because they're going so slowly, about another second behind him. Hamilton could have rejoined in the lead on soft tyres. Like, yeah. the only thing I guess Mercedes were worried about was if they cocked up the stop, and obviously then Hamilton was last on the restart, or pretty much last, obviously, excluding Latifi and the lap cars. Yeah, but they had they would have had to have a proper meltdown. Especially when they did a double they did a double stack like ten minutes before this point as well with the mediums. The, yeah, this is I mean, even Hamilton praised him, didn't they, about the pit stops? Yeah. Like yeah. he could have boxed that. They could have got both cars done. in and they would have been. It would have been three. tight. I think it was about three and a half seconds, which given Mercedes pit stop record this season is about what they usually do. Yeah, it would have been just about especially when you think Latifi's obviously there in the middle. That's yeah. the only thing that I can think of whether they were worried they but obviously then if George is coming in anyway, like if you know George's coming in, you just get him yeah. right out on Latifi's gearbox. Yeah, 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 definitely. It, and I think, I'd, uh, yeah, it would have been close if he kept the lead, but I would say second on softs is a lot better than first on old mediums. They, yeah. they should have done it, but it was an oversight. Hamilton got very annoyed about it, like fair Understandably, enough. Understandably, yeah. Because yeah. think- he, he had the edge on George all race. He was in the shot of a race win earlier on. Yeah. In the race, and then it all got taken away from him. He didn't even get a podium in the end, unfortunately. No, no, exactly. And you've got to think, obviously, for Lewis Hamilton, you know, like we just said a minute ago, this is now the longest run he's had in Formula One without a race victory. 300 races in, and you've never gone more than 15 without a win is mad. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure, like, obviously, again, you know, don't. I, I know we, we bring it up a lot, but we, we do. Obviously. This was probably going to be the only real shot they've got to win this year. People are saying Singapore. I'm not convinced because Mercedes have always been dog poo around there for some reason. Mm. You kind of think, you know what? I could get a win here. I've still, you know, maybe, maybe still, you know, obviously because it's just been such a bad year. I'm sure Hamilton went into the winter break last year going, I'm going to come back in 2022 and bend everyone over at my will. Yeah. Just show and this is my just sport. Absolutely <laughs> destroy everyone. He's not been given a car that can do that. You think the guy that took the world, obviously, again, you know, no hate towards Max Verstappen it, but the guy that took that world championship away from me on the final lap of the last race last year, it's his home race. I can sh- literally just win, and everyone around this circuit will hate me. It would be a categorical away win <laughs> if Hamilton like, had come the away with most that. away win of all time. Yeah, and you've got to think, obviously, again, just to watch that then fall through your fingers at the last moments is heartbreaking. Yeah, and he has come out and apologised for losing his yeah, pool a bit on the exactly. radio, which we often because see, it's not fair s- enough. Oh, well, not like that, though, from Lewis. We seem no. to get frustrated with other drivers a bit, but very, very rarely with the team that way. Mm. That felt like a different emotion we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, unfortunate. I mean, yeah. But um, yeah. on the restart, Verstappen Nailed immediately re Lewis. I think Hamilton, yeah, I've said it a few times before, haven't I? But like, he, he lacks, he's not mean enough anymore to be, like, I, don't, I don't know what, like, especially we saw it last year. I think the ruthlessness you see from Verstappen, when we saw from Schumacher, I feel like Hamilton, for good Hamilton or for bad. Hamilton is a very different driver. Yeah, he lacks that little Schumacher. bit of ruthlessness. Because I feel like if you swap the drivers around and Verstappen is trying to, defend from a faster car on a restart he would be going right to the line doesn't care if people crash behind him like 
it's probably not the fairest thing to do, but I think what we saw at F2, basically, what Lawson did, which ended up in a crash for Doohan and uh, Vashore, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I I don't know. I feel like he could have done the restart a bit better because he gave Verstappen such a slipstream around the back yeah. thing and down the yeah. straight. Um, but in the end, it probably wouldn't have mattered. Do um, you but yeah, think... Verstappen retook the lead. Now, this is just a bit of a theory from me. Do we think that Verstappen... And obviously Hamilton, you know, like you just said, they're obviously two very, very different drivers in terms of ruthlessness. Is there an element of that from obviously the fact that Verstappen has been brought into Formula One with a lot of protection around him? You know, Christian Horner, Helmut Marko, his dad are always going to fight his battles. When obviously, you know, Lewis has certainly had support around him, but always throughout Lewis Hamilton's career, it's about proving people wrong and doing it the right way. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like Hamilton's got a bit more integrity than any other driver, really, but certainly than Verstappen. Because <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. we've never... Obviously, he has pushed the rules occasionally. I think back to when he was battling Rosberg regularly. He didn't give him much quarter. Um, There's a very big difference, though, between not giving much quarter and obviously what we've... Because, again, you know, we, we've spoke about this countless times, right? We this sort yeah. of new breeder driver that's coming through... Um, you know, again, this is why Alonso and Hamilton give us good battles when very yeah, few other drivers yeah. do for that long. Um, but yeah, I think it is certainly still Hamilton is very, very different. Of course, you know, this is why a lot of people have often said, you know, about Hamilton, the fact, you know, let's be fair, Abu Dhabi last year, after you, after he got jumped that last lap, he could have just flung it down the inside last minute into that break, into any of those breaking zones, done of a stop and lap one style. And they would have crashed. It wouldn't have helped Hamilton though, because he. Let's say been... he hit. Let's say they make contact the right way, and Hamilton limps home. He was still yeah. going to finish what P seven P eight. I feel like yeah, Schumacher would have tried it. Genuinely, Schumacher Verstappen probably would have tried it. Verstappen would have done it if it had been the other way around. Yeah, but Hamilton won't. And I think this, you know, what some people often said about Lewis, because the controversies that a lot of people like to go back into with Lewis in his Formula One career are pretty tame in comparison to a lot of other champions. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, USA 15. I'm not happy about that still, but apart from that, yeah. USA 15, uh, Spain 16, and Abu Dhabi 16 are really the yeah. only... and Well, yeah, those are really the only ones that are often talked about in that sort of regard. I mean, the only other one, of course, is uh, now sort of the new thing, isn't it? Of, well, Hamilton shouldn't have won 08 because of Crashgate. <laughs> you go, that Ferrari well, maybe a Ferrari that up, filled Ferrari their car style. up properly. <laughs> exactly. There's not a lot of Hamilton could do that. Or Timo Glock let him by. You're like Glock hated oh, come him. On. If Glock, Glock had known he was him, he would have turned in on him. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I mean, we've anyway, again. Shall we get back? We've, we've gone, gone down such a rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. We have once we have. again. Um, um, but yes, Verstappen took the lead. Hamilton dropped back, allowing Russell on that good strategy up into second place, and yep. Leclerc. Who kind of was anonymous all race, but was, yeah, ended very up on quiet. the podium. Yeah, so yeah. our final results then were Max Verstappen, George Russell, Charles Leclerc, George Russell's best race of the year, Charles Leclerc back on the podium, which worryingly we still don't say that often. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously Hamilton gutted. Sainz then got a late race penalty, didn't he? Yeah, I, I didn't actually gather if it was for the yellow flag overtake or if it was for the unsafe release, but he had a five-second penalty. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Which I felt was harsh. It was harsh, yeah. Because he couldn't do a lot there with all of the Red Bull... No, sorry, who was it? Which crew was just in front of him? Uh, 
McLaren. McLaren, yeah, because yeah. obviously he then because the, let's be fair, the Zanvoort pit lane was too small. It is too small. It is yeah. too small. Like there's no arguing against it. So I felt that was a bit unfair on Carlos. And he signs. he was released well in time to get out ahead of Alonso. He just yeah, couldn't he go full been pelt because ahead. there's a load of mechanics. It's either like... it's either five second penalty or you kill half of your ex McLaren <laughs> yeah. staff. Yeah, yeah. So a bit unlucky for Carlos, but that screwed him. He could have got fifth place if he passed Perez, but ended up finishing eighth with that five seconds. Yeah. So yeah my my prediction for race winner didn't go didn't go very well <laughs> no but someone did if i can just find oh, yeah. the comment again i want to give someone a quick shout out uh before we jump into this they actually commented on the predictions last week let me just see if i can find it again i sent you a uh, screenshot of it didn't i you did yes yeah. so we are going to give a shout out to ole neuer quickly who two days ago Bef- and Which this is isn't before an the race. Commented or anything. We're on Monday, minute, so that's qualifying. on Saturday. This was on Saturday when Verstappen, Russell, Leclerc nailed Top it, mate. Which is such a hard you. thing to call because it was a very unusual race. It was like nailed it. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. I'm looking through. I don't think anyone else got it. I mean, someone went Gasly, Hamilton, Leclerc, which is bad. Interesting. Um, but I mean, hats off. Hats off to you, mate, because that was that yeah, was quite very impressive. well done. But yeah. Good, good, interesting race. Not, not the most exciting this year, but Stroll getting a point. Stroll getting a point Stroll as fans well, yeah. here now. Apparently so, for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, a, a good, solid race. Yeah. At the end of the day. And now we're going to move on to Matt T 12s quiz time. Oh no. Which I'm sure everyone's excited for. Oh no. Because that was Verstappen's fourth race win in a row. Uh, in. Obviously, the last four races, I was going to try and list them off, but I'm okay. not sure I can remember them. Uh, it would be Hungary, Spa, Zandvoort, and whichever was before that. Uh, Austria. No, it wasn't France. Yes, indeed. That's the first time this happens on Formula One in his career, yep. interestingly. Okay. Uh, there are 15 drivers in Formula One history who've won four races in a row okay. or more. You're going to have a minute to try and get all of them. A minute? And your time... I mean, a lot of them are obvious, aren't they? Yeah. I will try and keep up. It might be quite hard because I've... You're going to list through them very quickly. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, you're going to, time is going to start right now. Fangio, Prost, no. Senna, yes. uh, Rosberg, yes. Hamilton, Sebastian uh, Vettel, yes. Michael Schumacher. Um, yes, they're all right. Nigel Mansell. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Alberto Ascari. Yep. Um... Trying to think of other You're doing well. You got one cars. Thirty-four seconds left. How many have I got left? Uh, uh, oh no, you, I already said Seb, haven't I? Did you um, say Alonso? Yes, uh, I have now. I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I thought you had. You've just so given me Alonso. A free one. What's happened there? You've got six left. Um, Hakkinen. No. No. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Damon Hill. Jack yes. Villeneuve. No. No. Um. You got seven seconds. Alan Jones. I'm no. just trying to name more champions now. Nicky Lauda. No. Oh, okay. James Hunt. And your time is up. Not Hunt. No. Okay. Oh, I uh, forgot. Uh, no, sorry. Give me one second. I'm going to just okay. say quickly. I know they don't count. Uh, Jim Clark. Yep. Jackie Stewart. No. Oh, okay. That's all right then. Um, yeah. Graham Hill. No. Actually, no, okay. Never... Fair enough. So you missed uh, Jack Brabham. Okay. Uh, you got Jim Clark after the time. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I should have got Jochen that. Jochen Rint, uh, one four in a row. Yep. Only uh, Jensen Button. One more champion. 
Yeah. Oh, that's 2009. I should have really well. got that. Yeah. And also Max Verstappen. No, that doesn't say. count. You told me. <laughs> Can you count the other 15? No, I didn't. I said there's 15, including oh, you Verstappen. S- you said Max Verstappen. <laughs> I sneaked out of that one, but you, you forgot Verstappen. You sneaked out of that one. So how many did I get then? Then let's uh, not count so Verstappen. So you, you missed four out of 14 then. Well, 10 out of 14 is good 10 out of 14. It's pretty good going there, I think. Well, technically, it was really only nine because you gave me Alonso, but still. That's true. I thought you had said Alonso. For maybe no, I definitely hadn't. I you weren't going to get him either. Was that 05, so. was it? Yeah, because Alonso started the year. He won think, six in a row. Did he? Uh, at one point in his career. I think it was 06, actually. No, first, not. No, first eight races, he won six and came second in two. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Michael Schumacher really did come back at him, didn't he, later on in the he year? He did, yeah. That is quite mad. Um, shall we get then into driver of the day, Jamie One Eight Three? I've actually. got a few shout outs. I think it's. I wanna, yeah. Who, who do you want to shout ahead. out? Are we I want to shout out. Are we going to say Fernando Alonso? I was going to shout out Fernando yeah. Alonso. Under the um, radar, thirteenth to sixth. Yeah. It's kind he of fell into place quite, for him. Quite fortunate because he was just chilling on hards on long stint, and the safety car came out. Yep. But he had to do it, so you know what. And for the the weekend performance, I actually want to shout out two drivers, uh, Lando Norris. Yeah, that was another doing one I was Norris things say. and qualifying and finishing seventh for he fun. He was unlucky to finish seventh. He was. He should have been best at rest. Um, and also Lance Stroll for putting his teammate in the mud. Who's a four time world champion. Literally so. putting his teammate in the dust at the final corner, especially in qualifying. Yeah. Yes. That also being said, though, Verstappen I think deserves a shout out. Yeah, as usual. Limited running, at this point. limited running in FP1 and still was able to put it all together come race day and qualifying. Um, and, of course, I think Hamilton and Russell also there. You know, Russell yeah. for the brilliant strategy, Hamilton for the fact that he was really challenging that Red Bull for the race victory yeah, yeah. and just got unlucky late on. If I was choosing one, I would go for Alonso. I think Alonso is fair, but I think all of those drivers certainly deserve a shout-out today. Um... F1 Fantasy, Jamie. Yes. How I many points did I you I completely lost got? track of time when I was trying to move house and play a football game on Saturday. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't change my team. I just completely forgot, um, to be honest. Uh, Who but it changes was looking... their team each week? Yeah, I know. I, I did pretty well, though, um, because, yeah, I've, I've got into the new template. I've binned off Bottas because he's never finishing anything. Yeah. Stroll and Magnussen are in, and Perez is the new turbo, and that's kind of... Yeah, the template that I'm going for. Okay. So I got 194. Oh. I thought saying? I did well this week. I got 185, which I have changed oh, up my roster good. as well slightly. Um, I, w- I think I would have actually outscored you this week had Sainz not got that penalty. Did you have him turbo? I was only nine points behind you, and Sainz obviously lost out quite a lot because he got that penalty. Mm. Really, I should have turboed Alonso. Yeah, I turned Perez and Alonso got 34 to Perez of 20, so yeah, 40 for Perez for me. Yeah, four, I've got Perez turboed as well. Uh, who's yeah. your team? Sorry, is it still Alpine? Uh, Ferrari. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I only got 32 points there and crashed you. But, yeah, I mean, Alonso got a bit unlucky. Uh, sorry, Sainz even got a bit unlucky. Alonso got very lucky. Um, and I've also got Albonson in my team because he's doing bits in that Williams there and 14 points yeah, for is. him. Yeah, was not a bad shout there. So yeah, 185 I'll take. But fair play, Jamie. You are just slowly, slowly extending the gap. Extending. What the is gap. your rank in your own league? Oh, I four, am four nine thousand people in. 
I am 596 now, which, to be fair, I'm quite happy with. Fair enough. Uh, I'm 250th. That is very good, Gary. <laughs> I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm amazed. That is very, very good, because we have got a spicy league going on. So I can actually yeah. scroll down to your position. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can see you. No, you're oh, 309th, amazing. according to mine. Oh, well. Uh, well no, the, the scores are still all over the show. There's a guy yeah. ahead of you that's got 400 points less, so we'll ignore that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, okay. Uh, yeah, still Mega Drive to go. We're going to wait for a couple of streaks and maybe a sprint race or, or yeah, two. I don't think there's only one left, isn't yeah, there? But yeah. Um, yeah, it's looking good. And we'll give a quick shout-out to our top ten from the Netherlands. Um, I'm not sure if it's fully updated yet. It's not, uh, because according to mine, you're first with no points. <laughs> oh, amazing. On mine, the guy with the most points is ADR. Yes, yeah. Uh, with 324, which is a lot of points for one race weekend. Tied. Verstappen, Megard, Leclerc in turbo, uh, uh, let Ferrari. Let me check the guy tied with. And then oh, no, guy Stroll tied with different. So actually very similar to my team, but Leclerc instead of Perez. How many points and did then... Verstappen score this weekend again, sorry? 54. Okay, so, yeah, this guy, uh, Mega Driver, George Russell, he scored 53. So, what a oh, bad wow. shout there. The guy he tied with. Uh, and then Turbo, Leclerc, Perez, Alonso, Schumi, and Ferrari. Very, very solid team there. Uh, sorry, I'll let you run through the rest of our top 10. Yeah, this so we've got Leo F, that was the, match, the team that Matt went through. In second place, uh, Tom S in third, which is a point behind. Then Morris Motorsport in fourth place, tied with Paul K uh, with Thick Noda. That's an in- in- image oh, I, I could have done without. I'm liking that. <laughs> Uh, David Malek in sixth place with Zachary B from ooh, Thailand. I want to say no, that's not Thailand, is it? Where are we looking? Sorry, I'm, I've seventh to... place. Oh, that is a good flag. That's a very good flag. What flag is that? It's East Asian, but I can't remember where. Cambodia. Could be Cambodia. I genuinely now just want to find out that flag. I kind of do. Pretty uh, sure it it's is Cambodia. Cambodia. I got it right. Well done, Matt. Yes. There you go. <laughs> And we've got Anurag in P8 with Ushi 9th and Zachary's second team, actually, the Cambodian in 10th as well. So very, two very teams. Both very, in the top a 10. round of applause to our top 10 this week. How many points would you have needed for a top 10, sorry? 297. Very, very so good So once job. again, if I if I megged Verstappen, what would that, 108 more? So I would have been on yeah, you would have been, two. Yeah, yeah I would have been 10th. Doing well. Very good. Um, Top 10 overall, though, still is Max T at the top there. 140 points clear of Larry T, but of course he hasn't got his uh, Mega Driver. So that gap could easily be down to 30, 40 points heading into the final few races of the year. Uh, Bryce G, the boy who cried Toto Wolf, still in P3. Um, Mission Smoke Winnell uh, with Nahal V in fourth place there. Dipam in fifth, Philip S. And then we got Timo W, Carlos Braga, uh, Luca B and Alan Brittis. Still making up our top 10 overall then. So a round of applause to all of you. 2,913 points you'd need at this stage of the year if you want to be in the top 10 of our league. I'm not a million miles away. You are Watch not. this space. But I do not believe you're going to finish. If you finish top 10 in this league by the end of the year, <laughs> you can, I don't know, run the podcast. Oh, I'll, t- I'll run it already, mate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, let's move swiftly on. Let's move. Yeah, let's move swiftly on. <laughs> Our predictions. Oh, I did no. well for once. I didn't do that badly, considering you how terrible mine it. were. You almost egged it. Yeah, I was hoping for a Leclerc overtake on the end, but and he was only what two meters away from getting pole, so I could have done very well, but I didn't. It's also I just to address it, it. It's getting horrendously dark in my room because the sun has gone away. Have you not? So I look like a on? ghost. 
I have. I forgot to turn my proper light on. I will talk I've got to one our on my predictions face. quickly. You you turn a light on. Gonna, no, it's all good. We're gonna see we, we, we run with it now. Okay, we won't. Right. Uh, so you predicted Charles Leclerc pole nil point. I predicted Max Verstappen pole. Two points in the books. Thank you very much. Uh, you predicted a Sainz win. Nice eighth place. Well done, Jamie. Yeah, that was good. That Le- was, yeah. Leclerc P2. That's one point for you. And Verstappen P3. That's one point for you. Yeah. I predicted. So that's two points for you this weekend. I went Verstappen pole. Two points immediately. We've, we've even. Two points for a Verstappen win. Should have got an extra point for Hamilton in P3. But nice Mercedes strategy. Um, so I got four points. So I'm, I'm closing down the gap. How many races are there to go this year? Seven. I don't think I updated the scores last week either quickly. Do you remember how much we scored last week? Um, I think I beat you by one, basically. Um, let me let me quickly just... You talk so, about something and I'll quickly go back and check. Yeah, go and double check. But yeah, it's. I think the gap is... What would that be? The, so it'd be Less 12. than it was. No, 14. 14 points in my favour. So you've got a... If you keep on that rate of two points gained every race, you, we will tie. Let me just quickly double check so we have got the accurate scores. So yes. you've got three points at Spa. No, you've got two points at Spa. So you're on 53 overall. Um, and I got one point at Spa. Yeah. So you are 14 points clear still. 53 to 39 with seven yeah. races to go with a year. And a tweet is on the line to remind me. There is a tweet on the line so, at the end of this. Yeah. It will look so obvious. It will. You never tweet anything. So I it will don't just tweet be... that much. I need to get back into tweeting. I don't know. Why I've actually I've gone anymore. off tweeting. I only run my FPL account now. So yeah. Do you actually tweet on your FPL account? Follow. I'm going to start linking your FPL account. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> at FPL Jamie one eight three FIFA sweat or whatever it's called. It's something like that. Yeah. Something I'm d- like I'm that. doing pretty rubbish in FPL, but it's all right because it's unrelated. So we'll move on. It is unrelated and boring, is what it is. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm to scroll down like half a year's worth of notes now for these podcasts. Oh, nice. Because we're very yeah, professional. Not much else to say really, apart from the uh, race rating. Yeah. Which is a bit of a weird one because it was. It was just bizarre at points, this race. But It's a 7, it, Jamie, is what it is. It is a 7. It's a classic 7 out of 10. It's a 7 out of like, 10. Like, all of my ratings have been between 6 and 8, apart from Silverstone. I think. Silverstone was... I mean, imagine if you were there at the British Grand Prix this year. Imagine you were in Red Bull's hospitality. <laughs> with Trying not to cheer on. And Virgil van Dijk and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, I told Virgil van Dijk to run faster, which apparently I find out after that he's actually known for not being able to run very fast in the Prem. Really? Apparently he, he, he runs alright. He's not he's not a million miles an hour, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Is that everything then, Jamie, for this week's show? Of course, we'll be back in a couple of days' time anyway uh, to discuss Monza. So any other drama and things like that, I'm sure we can discuss there. Yeah, I don't think there's much more to add. Really, I'm just checking. I think I think Twitter. we've done all right. Say so we'll have yep, now I loads of random uh... stuff come up. Wow, Alonso scored points every race since Spain. F1 tweeted earlier. That doesn't surprise me, actually. Very, very good job done uh, by Fernando Alonso. But yeah, there we go. Then that is going to do us for today's podcast. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure you leave a like and get yourself subscribed. Like we said, check out Spotify and everything else uh, down in the comments below. But thank you all so much for listening. And yeah, like we said, we'll be back either Thursday or Friday uh, ready to preview the Italian Grand Prix. Ferrari are going to get destroyed in their backyard. <laughs>